Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out right now. Stop what you're doing. Go to HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, it is week two already. That one fast, huh? flying by. Uh, real quick, what I feel like this one, the season is kind of moving quickly. I can't believe it's already been a whole week. And two, it, it almost feels like um, like the basketball being played is actually fairly good. Usually it takes a little while to ramp into the season before we start really feeling these teams out. But I, I actually feel like these teams have, are coming to play already. And I think everything, you know, maybe we're just seeing uh, uh, a greater emphasis for a lot of teams because it's kind of wide open. And I know that's like kind of cliche and, and some people don't like it, but I, I really think it's the truth. Like, you know, when you think that you can win the championship and there's probably what, you know, six, seven, eight teams that legitimately think they can win the championship this year. Um, there's a lot more motivation and the Western conference is so deep that I think a lot of those teams are motivated to, you know, try to make the playoffs and someone in that, you know, someone or maybe even more than one, someone is going to miss out that a lot of people are expecting to make it, especially in that Western conference. So, um, yeah, I think maybe they just want to get after it a little harder to start the year. Cause obviously you go giving away, you know, three, four five games early in the season. That could be the difference between, you know, being a playoff team and not. Um, this year is going to be ultra competitive. And I, I, I do feel like maybe we're seeing that teams are really wanting to figure it out early so they can hone themselves into form. Um, and I think that's something we should be, we should be taking a note from those teams, Tyler, so we can hone ourselves right back into form. Um, it's only week two, but we're back with our regularly scheduled programming week two preview. This will be up on the Patreon ahead of the uh, normal release on the podcast. So if you're a Patreon listener, shout out to you. Thank you. Go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you want to get this podcast before everybody else gets it. So you can set your teams up for the week, week two, a little bit more friendly for um, our head to head people who love to stream, love to get in those back to backs uh, 11 games on Monday, 11 games on Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, though, only three games, each one of those. So this kind of a weird uh, little bit of um, scheduling, I guess, just because of the way the first week set up with the shorter week. And then followed by Friday, Saturday, and Sunday just being like a, a kind of like a regular, like a starting to go into our regular eight games, six games, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the good thing is, is a lot of those teams that play on Tuesday uh, play on either, you know, like Thursday or or Friday. So there is some streaming potential here. And as we normally do, we're going to get you prepared by going over the week two schedule preview that Tyler uh, writes every single week for hashtag basketball.com. So if you want to go there and check out the article, all the information is there. But let's start out with some of your favorite streaming options for the week.
you gotta unmute the mic to talk, Mike. Well, that's a that's a pro tip there. Um, yeah, it's kind of a weird schedule this week. Um, there are fourteen teams playing four games. Um, there's four teams that only play twice, and then the other teams, right, all play. Uh, the other twelve teams play three games. So, um, that's a little bit strange, right? Um, the teams that are playing four games are not fantastic. Um, as far as streamers go, like there's, there's some all right names on this list, but you know, number 10, you'll notice is Landry Shamet, who is not a great fantasy option. Um, you know, there's just a lot of murky rotations in the guys playing four games and a lot of guys that, you know, you bank on them one night and then they're probably liable to burn you the next night. So, um, Ideally, you know, we're looking at guys like PJ Tucker if we're in a weekly league. Uh, Darius Garland, who, you know, he's starting at point guard, and I think he just has a ton of upside. Uh, Marcus Morris, Chetty Osmond. So, like, you know, they're not fantastic names, but they're guys that can help you kind of across the board or maybe only in two or three categories. Um, and and the, that's what the article is designed to do is, like, you know, you got to know your matchup. You got to know what the guy you're playing is good at, where you need a little bit of boost to beat him. Like, for example, if you need rebounds, you need steals, and you need three-pointers, right? Like, P.J. Tucker is the perfect option. Going to get you, like, six, probably, like, one and a half, and pretty close to two uh, three-pointers. So, that I mean, that could be a guy who swings your week in those three categories. But you got to need those categories to stream them in. And let's, I mean, maybe, like, real quick, since it's the beginning of the season, let's talk about how we approach um, streaming in our head-to-head leagues during a week. A lot of people may be new to fantasy basketball or um, – just you know, maybe not familiar with head-to-head strategy. Um, it might benefit them to you know kind of explain that you know you probably have about three or four pickups. I think that's kind of average in a head-to-head league is to have a, a limited amount of weekly pickups, just so people aren't chasing games, which is super annoying. Um, I like to play with like three to four. Uh, if I'm in a deeper league, maybe uh, you know have a little extra um, four to five, maybe. Uh, but that that feels like a good. Uh, streaming like a pickup limit per week. And what I personally like to do, Tyler, is let the week play out. Especially this week, you got 11, 3, and 11. So I might grab somebody to play on that three night. Uh, one of the teams uh, I'm looking at, if you're in like a weekly league, Denver is probably a, 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 somebody off of Denver you might want to pick up because they're actually playing the uh, three game nights, the Tuesday, Thursday, and they got a Saturday game. So they're like the off nights, but then everybody else is playing four games like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So you're going to be overbooked anyway with your normal starters on those nights. So I don't know how much help you're going to be getting from those four, those teams that play four games. Um, But what I like to do is let it play out. See what happens during the week. Scout your, scout the, the team you're going to play. There's not a lot of data out there yet, so you don't know. But you could go look at their team. You could go look at their players, figure out maybe what they're good at, what they're bad at, maybe they're weak at rebounds. So if they're kind of like maybe similar to you in a, in a category, I'll start uh, my first pickup with someone that's going to maybe boost me in rebounds if we're similar in rebounds. But then I kind of wait to the last half of the week to bring in uh, guys that will make a difference. And it's usually in those steel block, maybe three categories, what I'm close in. So those guys can make a bit of a difference. So like you got Mo Harkless on here, one of our favorite, um, never never ends up on a roster, but always gets streamed at some point during the year players. Uh, stealing a block a game. If I can get a couple games out of him this week, uh, especially in the second half of the week, and I'm competing in steals and blocks, 
I like it to help me get me over the edge uh, with specific categories that I might be competing in. But if I'm not going to compete in those, I go in a different direction. But I like to keep my options open. Tyler, how do you uh, approach streaming during the week? Oh, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at streaming, I like to kind of chart things out a little bit beforehand. And, you know, mostly I'm just going on, you know, per game averages of players or what I expect their per game averages to be um, at this point in the season, which can be a little bit murky. Right. But I'm kind of trying to determine right um, on Sunday of this week. Right. So Sunday of the week before, you know, where I think, OK, I definitely got this guy beaten rebounds. Maybe I've got Andre Drummond and Steven Adams and he doesn't really have a center. So obviously I'm just going to kind of ignore that category. I'm going to assume that Drummond and Adams and the rest of my team, right? If I feel like I'm like, you know, 30, 40, 50 rebounds ahead of that guy, I'm just going to assume that my team is going to take care of that. Then I'm really going to hone in on, you know, three or four categories to begin the week that I'm like, okay, this are probably going to be what makes or breaks the week. It might be points. It might be, you know, anything, assists. It could be anything. So, and then, yeah, I'm just looking for, in a daily changes league, I'm looking for any opportunity to get somebody that I think will have you know good value in those categories. Um, you're right that it, it is kind of nice sometimes to wait till the end of the week if there's a, a pretty heavy pickups limit to you know kind of see make sure that category is actually close and maybe you know he didn't have some you know random player go off for like 12 assists and and get a big lead in that category. But I also like to. Th- do it this way and this is a little bit harder because you know it's the beginning of the season we don't super know who's going to step up like if i know somebody's going to step up for whatever reason like you know maybe ricky rubio right he missed a game um this weekend on saturday i might grab someone you know like javon carter and be like hey man this guy could get me like you know six seven rebounds and a couple steals he's going to play huge minutes because they don't really have anybody else at point guard um I might do that early in the week. Just if I feel like someone's going to have a great opportunity, be that because of injury, you know, guys miss games for different reasons all the time. Um, I might go that route. Makes a lot of sense. You got, I mean, anything can happen during the week. So like injuries is another really good thing to, uh, to pay attention to. And uh, like you were saying, uh, there could be an injury uh, in the, in the middle of the week. And then you can go pick up, uh, the guy who's going to replace him. So like, you know, right now with the Phoenix Suns, you're seeing uh, a lot of uh, Aaron Baines, you're seeing a lot of Frank Kamitsky, and you're seeing them be standard league relevant, which at the beginning, uh, you know, before uh, Aiton was suspended, you never would have thought it. You never would have like picked those guys up or streamed them at all. So I, I think if you just kind of, one, paying attention to what's going on, and two, allowing yourself to take advantage of something that can happen at the beginning of the week, later in the week, giving like, don't use all your streams on Monday or Tuesday. Cause then you can't adjust to what actually happens. That's why I like to kind of wait till the end of the week. Uh, one of the guys on your list, actually the, the number one guy on your list here, Tyler is PJ Tucker only owned in 40% of Yahoo leagues. Um, and that's shocking to me. What, what, what do you think? I mean, there's gotta be, Standard league wise, there's probably you know eighty some percent of the leagues in Yahoo are like at least ten to twelve team team like leagues. So I'm pretty sure eighty percent of people should have PJ Tucker rostered uh, in their league because this guy's playing starters minutes, and there's really no reason why he's not going to continue to play starters minutes at all. 
Yeah, and I mean, we saw last year, you know, the, the stat line there written in the article is exactly what he did last year, right? 5.8 rebounds, 1.6 steals, 1.8 pointers made in 34 minutes. Um, no one's going to stop him. He's playing the pretty much exact same role where he comes in and, you know, plays the backup five too. Like he, he starts, then he goes out for a little bit and then he kind of plays the backup center when Capella's out of there. Um, yeah, PJ Tucker is just really good at, at what he does. And, you know, some people overlook him, I guess, because, you know, what is he going to score? Like, you know, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 points a game. Like it's not great in that category, but when you're streaming, you're not going to get goodness in every single category or that guy would be owned because he would be a top 100 player and every top 100 player in your league should be owned. Absolutely. Um, there, I, I feel like there's a couple players um, on this list. Uh, Marcus Morris has been a little bit of a surprise to me, but you know, someone on that Knicks team needs to score and someone on that Knicks team needs to kind of be the focal point of the offense, which sounds weird because they're all like, forwards who aren't focal points of the offense at all. Um, and for some reason, they're still not playing Frank Nilekina. Uh, Fitz, Fizdale is just shitting on everybody who gives a shit about the Knicks. Uh, so sorry to all you Knicks fans out there. But Marcus Morris has been very, very steady um, and also only owned in like 49% of leagues. So do you think you can trust Fizdale with Marcus Morris? Yeah, because I mean, what? Who else are they going to play at that small forward position? Like Marcus Morris really isn't a small forward. Um, we can we can debate that, but like, who, what other small forward do they have? The only real option would be to put RJ Barrett there, but then you know you got to play guards next to RJ Barrett, and they clearly don't super love any guard they have. Like they're not playing Alfred Payton huge minutes. Dennis Smith Jr. is barely playing at all. Frank Nilakina can't get off the bench. You know, are they going to play Alonzo Trier and, and Alfred Payton 30 minutes a game to play RJ Barrett, whatever minutes at the three? Like, no, I think they're just going to, they're going to kind of stick with that crazy point guard thing where they play Trier, they play Smith Jr. and they play Payton all pretty limited minutes. They're going to let RJ Barrett play a ton of minutes at the two. They're going to let Marcus Morris play a ton of minutes at the three. They're going to let Julius Randle play a ton of minutes at the four, and then they're going to chop and change the rest of those minutes. And honestly, I'm a little bit worried about Mitchell Robinson's minutes, even when he gets back. You know, we talk about the foul trouble all the time, but like, you know, they're going to want to play guys like Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis. And, you know, which guy are they going to take out? Are they going to take out Randle or are they going to take out Mitchell Robinson? I, I kind of think oh, it's no. Mitchell Robinson. I have no idea. <laughs> it could go anywhere. Like, it's Fisdale. It could, it could literally be anybody. Yeah, and I mean, you know, everybody's a little bit murky in that rotation. I get that, but um, yeah, for me, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust Marcus Morris. I think he's underrated at what he does, right? Which is points and threes and rebounds, and you know, they just need somebody. And I don't see I don't see anyone taking his role. I guess is my point. Like now, obviously, Fisdale could get weird with it because Fisdale has a tendency to get weird with it. But at this point, I just don't really see it. Yeah, I mean, it's the next. I'm not sure what's going on there. And I'd like to talk about another team where I'm a, I'm starting to get a little a little bit worried. Uh, we talked, um, I think, in the last episode about Otto Porter's limited minutes uh, for the Chicago Bulls and the fact that he wouldn't be playing certain back-to-backs. He might be on uh, minutes limits, which would limit his fantasy ceiling. I feel like there might be a similar situation going on with the Golden State Warriors, not the fact that they're not going to play some of their players back to back, but the fact that this team isn't 
really a like outside of Steph Curry, Russell, and, and Draymond Green, it's not a real basketball team. They got smoked by the Oklahoma City Thunder, one twenty to ninety two. Are you are you worried about the value of the uh, these the players on this team if they're if they're gonna be getting blown out on a regular basis? Obviously, um, but I don't know that any NBA team gets blown out on a regular basis. I mean, I think you and I have talked about this before a couple times last season and maybe the season before, where you know there's some weird results always early in the season, and this week is actually very telling for them because they go to New Orleans to play the Pelicans, who are playing super fast, and I think are kind of an underrated basketball team, even without Zion. That team is interesting. They have a lot of pieces and not a lot of like. Obviously, they don't have the superstar, but it's like, you know, J.J. Redick is a really good basketball player. And, you know, they got Derek Favors, who's a really good basketball player. And then, like, they're just a really deep team. And then they play the Suns, the Spurs, and the Hornets. So, if they're not competitive in any of these games or lose all four of these games, like, I'm going to be worried. You know, you look at that schedule and you're like, okay, well, if Golden State's going to make the playoffs and, and be something this season... You know, they've got to win two or three of those games. So I think it's a big week for them. Yeah, and that's weird to say in, in week two. But at the same time, like they've been not just bad, right? Like getting blown out in their two games. They've, I mean, what was the closest score? Like 20 some points. So, um, yeah. So I think it's an important week for them. And, and we mentioned this though, like for fantasy, like who are you going to pick up? They just really don't have anyone that you're like, yeah, oh. yeah, okay. Even if you get like a ton of minutes, like you're gonna be somewhat good. Like I, some of those guys, I don't know that they're NBA players, and that's like not. It's a terrible thing to say, but like, it's, I mean, don't it, it, good at all. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say because they actually are NBA players. So it's like really, it's like the most insulting thing to say to an NBA player. It's like you're not really an NBA player. It's like, oh, I'm on a team. Um, but you're right. Like, there's really no one here. I feel like is is capable of one stepping into a NBA starter role, and two is going to produce stat lines that make me interested in rostering them in a standard league. The I guess maybe the exceptions to that maybe are Marquise Chris, who let's not get tricked by Marquise Chris. Uh, he's not that good, uh, but maybe he plays his way into being a better basketball player. And then I guess Glenn Robinson, the third is so, so getting a lot of minutes, but like those guys aren't going to be standard league relevant. I looked at this, you know, kind of at the beginning of the season and I play in a really deep 16 team league where basically everybody in the NBA gets owned. Like if you're on a roster, you're on a roster in this league and, I kind of targeted Glenn Robinson in this league because I'm like, okay, well, he's probably going to go super cheap. And the path to minutes looked really good to me. And I'm like, okay, well, no, no, maybe nobody else will be on this guy. And I got him. And now I'm like, why did I do that to myself? Cause like he's playing minutes, but there is no fantasy value. And I mean, we mentioned this, we talked about this last week. They need someone to score some points and not named D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry. And from the two games I've seen, they don't have it. And Draymond is not shooting a ton. So 
Yeah, I mean, like, even if those two both drop 30 every game, they average 30 points a game, that's only 60. You need 50 more points. And I'm not sure the rest of that roster can get them 50 more points on every night. And what's even more sad is just, like, I'm watching them try to run plays, and teams are just like, yeah, we'll make your role players beat us because they can't. And no one's setting, like, good enough screens to get Steph Curry open. Like, really, really underrated is that, like, Iguodala is a big body and puts his shoulder into people on screens. Like, the reason Bogut showed up on this team multiple times is because he's one of the biggest bodies and one of the best screeners in league. Like, setting a good screen is incredibly important. And I feel like that's, like, the biggest weakness here is, like, no one's setting good screens to get Russell or Curry open, so they're not going to score 30 points tonight either. I'm I'm putting a red flag up. I am worried about the Golden State Warriors. Uh, so that is something I'm going to be watching in week two to see how they handle some of these more uh, cakewalkier teams that are out there. Um, if they are able to muster an offense against them or if it looks like they are going to – like worst case scenario, right, Tyler, is like they're out of the playoffs by January – what happens to Steph Curry? What like I feel like they're still gonna play, but are they really gonna like risk these guys into past the All Star break? And that's a huge, that's a huge loss for anybody who drafted any of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, a little early like, to be speculating. That, that's, right, that's way too far off for me to speculate. Um, right. Obviously, it's been two bad games, and D'Angelo Russell got ejected in, in Sunday's game, so you know. Maybe that played somewhat of a factor, and I, I don't know, man. It's early yet, and maybe someone here, and I think we've said this a couple times, settles in and and you know decides, you know, I have to do this. I have to fill this role. I have to score some points. I have to, you know, get our get some rebounds. I have to set a screen. You know, they have Willie Clay Stein and they have Kevin Looney who are out, and maybe those guys coming back, you know, make them a decent team or even a playoff team. I I don't know. I don't. You know, I thought this team was going to be okay because, you know, they have a, a transcendent player, you know, a, 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 one of the best players, maybe, maybe the best shooter ever. So I thought to myself, like, okay, well, they'll, they, maybe they'll be all right. You know, they'll, they'll probably push for the playoffs. And, I, you know, it's hard to bet against a team that's won as much as they've won in the last five years. But after the first two games, like, the path to them even making the playoffs in that Western Conference is hard to see. Very hard to see and um, a little worrisome. I think Willie Colley Stein coming back actually will be a nice, if Willie Colley Stein's on your waiver wire, they're going to expect him to be, to, to do a lot because uh, they have no one else who's going to do a lot. So that might be a speculative pickup. If you're in a deeper league, if he's out there and even in a standard league, I, Willie Colley Stein is standard league relevant um, in the past. And I don't see, you know, if, I mean, it's way too early. I'm going to walk all the way back from the ledge, Tyler, and let's move on to uh, a team that I think uh, one of the most interesting teams from week one that I'm going to be watching in week two, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, didn't think I was going to be saying that going into the season at all, but it was one of the, our teams that we were like, I'm not sure what's going on with this team. I'm not sure who's going to be playing minutes. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Um, and as we've seen, uh, De Devontae Graham – has already stepped into a uh, standard league relevant role by playing with Terry Rozier and in fact playing in crunch time and in, in, in both of their games. Um, 
do you think Devontae Graham is a standard uh, should be rostered in a standard league? Um, that's a it's an interesting question for me because you know they have a bad schedule this week in the sense that they play Monday, Wednesday, and then they only have one more game and it's on Saturday. So you know if you pick this guy up on Monday, you're probably not starting him. That you're probably not starting him on Wednesday because there's eleven games. You got to figure he's one of your, you know, bench players. And then, you know, you got to wait all the way till Saturday to get a game and they play the Warriors, which could be good or it could be a good game. Um, so that aside, right, if I'm making a pickup for more, like, you know, if I have a streamer or two on my roster and then a guy at the end of my bench that I'm holding on to that I'm assuming is going to be a top 100 player, um, you could do that for Devontae Graham, but I don't I don't know. I'm not convinced that so there was a big quote, um, and there was an article in the Charlotte Observer, which um anyone can go out there and read. And then Coach James Borrego talked a lot about he wants to play Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham together because Devontae Graham had two great games to start the year. Um he mentioned he wanted to play them together some, though. Well, how much is that? Right? Like if they're only gonna play, you know, if Devontae Graham's only gonna play 26 minutes. I'm assuming there's someone better on your waiver wire in a standard 10 or 12 team league that you don't really want. So I'm fine with it being a speculative pickup, but at the same time, like it's not a great week for that. And, and like, what is the upside of what's the ultimate upside of Devonte Graham? Like, is he really, are we going to look back and he's really a top 100 player at the end of the season? I'm, I'm skeptical of that. So I'm probably not picking him up but I'm fine with streaming him on days that Charlotte actually plays, especially if he's going to play more minutes than, you know, 26 or 28. If he's going to play, you know, 32 minutes, then obviously maybe it's a different conversation. He's entered my, my list of people I'd like to stream. I don't know if I'm picking up in a 12 team league. I'm, if you are have very, if you need guard help, if you need someone who gets steals and can get us, can get assists worth a flyer, but also, you know, looking at your list here, DJ Augustine and Markel Fultz are owned in like less than 40% of leagues. So DJ Augustine actually plays and starts for the Orlando magic and gets like five assists a game. So, and, and Darius Garland's in, in 42. So like, you know, if I'm going to bet on a, on a young guy, that's, I mean, I can see the path. Like Darius Garland is already starting and Darius Garland was a top five pick. So yeah, I mean, Darius Garland, like if he's available in my league, like I'll take the upside shot on, on that as opposed to, uh, Devontae Graham, but you know, I'm I'm here to be proven wrong. Like if he has a nice breakout season, I'm I'm here for that. Uh, I just don't really see it at this point. Yeah. Uh let's talk about the oh, other so I got a team. Strategy. I got a team okay, go that's ahead. super confusing me this week. And it's the Atlanta Hawks. So they play a Monday, Tuesday back to back. Then they play the Heat on Thursday. And then for some reason they don't play all the way until Tuesday. And Thursday is a home game and Tuesday is a home game. So why do the Hawks have randomly four consecutive days off between home games? Hmm. Suspicious. I know that is very strange, but like you're kind of bringing up a really good point is that you have to look at this schedule because one of the, the strategies of, of, of uh, getting uh, streaming players and, and picking them up is getting multiple games out of them during a week or trying to get a game out of them this week and next week if you're already set 
for the week. And I want to talk about the back-to-backs that you have here. And Atlanta Hawks are are one of them, that Tuesday, Thursday. Um, and so if you somehow have a spot on valuable. Monday, you know what I mean? You could get Monday, Tuesday, Thursday out of the Hawks. Which there's 11 games on Monday. You might not have a spot, but if you do, right? I mean, everyone's roster is different. Maybe you own a couple players that aren't playing, a couple Brooklyn Nets, a couple Mavericks, a couple Lakers on your team. You could literally get three days out of out of one pickup there. Which would be a big advantage. And then that pickup, you drop that pickup after Thursday's game and you got the whole weekend, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to pick up somebody else and use. And you might know you get the right back to back there. You're going to get, you know, two more games. You get five games out of, you know, two pickups. And if you picked them up, if you picked them up on Sunday, right, if you were thinking ahead, you could have got, you know, five games out of one pickup that counted for your week two pickups. That can be that's, a big advantage, right? That's the way to do it, Tyler. You're hitting a, uh, this is the kind of excellent uh, advice you're getting in this hashtag basketball article that Tyler writes every single week. Uh, you got on here uh, also the Miami Heat as a team that are playing Tuesday, uh, Tuesday Thursday. And I kind of, I'm interested in what you think about the Kendrick Nunn, um, Tyler Hero situation as Jimmy Butler is going to come back. I think that's one of my more interesting thread lines to look at in week two. Kendrick Nunn has been pretty good and he looks like a solid NBA player. Um, so here's the, the, the problem for me on the Tyler hero hype train is what does Tyler hero do for fantasy for fantasy? Now he, he can be a great NBA player, what does he do for fantasy other than score you 12 to 15 points a game and hit two three pointers a night? He should be able even to if, even rebound, in, even in right? A, even in a huge role. Should he? I mean, like, like what rebounds are you looking for there? Like, if you're looking for four, then yeah, he can maybe get you four rebounds a game. Five or six, maybe. And okay, like that's that's possible, but like that's my thing is he's got he's gonna have to do something else, right? Then then score and rebound. And I think you know he gets overrated because you know he gets hot and you know makes five three pointers and has you know twenty points, and then he has a game where he has ten points. And but like people for fantasy get hyped on that, and yeah, like I'm I'm just not sure. I mean, he averaged four and a half rebounds and two and a half assists a game for Kentucky last year. He had just over a steal a game in college basketball, playing 32.6 minutes a game. Now, he is an exceptional free throw shooter, but he took like three a game last year in college. He's not like he's driving and getting fouled a super ton. So... Points and threes, and not a lot else as far as I'm concerned for fantasy. So, yeah, okay, I'm fine with that being a pickup. But and and you know, you're taking a shot on a young kid, or he's 20 years old, but he's actually not even 20 years old. He doesn't turn 20 until January. But I just don't see like a huge fantasy upside because he doesn't steal, he doesn't block. The field goal percentage will probably not be that great, right? And like most rookies don't shoot very good. He's shooting 40% so far through his first two games. Like that's not good. And you know, there's not much assist. There's not, you know, there's maybe four and a half rebounds, which isn't great. So I think that's the, the 
That's the okay. good, a, a really good point about some of the hype train around these rookies. One of the the big things people talking about uh, Alexander Walker. Uh, they're talking about Jarrett Culver. These guys need to play first. Now, once they play, okay, now let's look because Tyler Tyler Hero is playing. Now let's look at what they can possibly bring to the fantasy table. Minutes are the most important stat, but then if you're going to get those minutes, you got to bring the rest of it. None, on the other hand, in his limited time, looks like he could actually get you a steal a game, a couple threes a game, a couple of you know, three or four assists a game even. Um, is he a better – like one of these guys is going to play with Jimmy Butler better than the other one. And I think that's the one uh, – if none plays better with Jimmy Butler, then that's positive. None probably will be standard league either – uh, definitely streamable, but probably standard league rosterable if he's going to play 37 minutes. But someone's minutes are getting cut to make room for Jimmy Butler. And it's going to, my, my fear is it's going to be both of them. Yeah, and that's that's fine. I mean, I, I just went with none because I think they mentioned that he's going to start next to Jimmy Butler. They mentioned that basically Spolster said when Jimmy Butler, they announced Butler was not going on the two game road trip they just had over the weekend. Um, because he had a daughter, and you know, congrats to him on that. Congrats to um, Jimmy Buckets, baby. Um, but he mentioned that none was going to continue starting when Butler was back. So, check mark, you know, for the positive in in that category for none. Now, obviously, Spolcher can do anything he wants the moment Jimmy Butler comes back. Maybe he starts here and plays him more minutes. But you got to figure if none is starting, he's getting a few more minutes in here. Two, he has a much more fantasy-friendly game, and you mentioned it. Like, you know, the last time we saw him play college basketball, and he's much older too. I think that's worth mentioning. He's 24 years old, so he's a little bit more mature, a little closer to his prime. And I get that Tyler Hero might have a much higher upside. That's fine. Um, but the last time we saw none play college basketball, he was averaging 26 points, four and a half rebounds, almost four assists, one and a half steals shooting a, a good free throw percentage as well, you know, hitting a lot of three-pointers. He hit 134 three-pointers in 30 games. So that's over three a game. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's just, it's actually over four a game. Um, none is just a little bit more fantasy-friendly, and I think, you know, maybe they give him the shot. And obviously, we don't know. We don't we have no idea. We're just speculating here. But if I'm gonna, if you're telling me I can have one of those two guys for week two, or just in a streaming spot when I know Jimmy Butler is gonna come back, I'm gonna pick Kendrick Nunn ten times out of ten. Just think he has a lot. He's a higher upside as far as fantasy goes. I agree with you. Uh, let's look ahead to week three because hey, maybe in week two you're already killing it and you want to like look ahead. Maybe use one of those streaming spots for week three. Uh, the Houston Rockets. Have a Sunday, Ooh, Monday, wait, back to back. Let's, let's, let's talk about one more guy. Can we? Can we talk about okay. one more guy? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. From week two, um, I'm going to mention Mo Bamba from the Orlando Magic. Okay, now the the Magic play uh, Friday, Saturday, back to back. Okay, so that will be a great time to pick up Bamba. But Bamba is a player that fits the thing you talked about at the beginning of the episode perfectly, right? Maybe blocks are really tight. Mo Bamba's only playing like 16 minutes a game. But Mo Bamba has a skill and a very defined skill and maybe the best on the waiver wire in blocks, right? He averaged 1.4 blocks in 16 minutes a game as a rookie. 
that's the kind of pickup you make if really the only category, right? Maybe it's it's four to four, and the only category you can really steal is blocks. Bomba's a great guy to get. And that's the kind of thing you've got to look for later on in your week. It's like, man, if I need blocks, maybe Bomba ain't going to do anything else. But none of that other stuff might matter if, if all those categories are mostly decided. So uh, that's kind of that's kind of a, a thing that I think some people overlook because they're like, oh, well, Bomba ain't going to get any rebounds and he ain't going to play that much and he's not going to score. Yeah, but if the only category that you can win, that you can steal from the other guy is blocks, that's the guy you got to pick up. It's really hard to find the guys who are like, okay, I, I know I'm going to get a block from this guy. I know I'm going to get a steal from this guy. They're few and far between. Like if you wanted to pick up Alex Len off the waiver wire, he might get you a block. But he might not get you a block. Uh, he might play more than Mo Bamba. But Mo Bamba is going to go for some crazy ass block. He's going to get at least one. He's probably going to also like foul out pretty quickly. But I'm more common in getting a stounding accounting stat from certain players, even if they're not playing super high minutes. Like Beverly's probably going to get you a steal, and Mo Bamba's definitely going to get you a block. And I don't know if is there a game we could go check. I'm not going to go check. It's too much work. Uh, if Bobob has ever not had a block in a game where he's played like more than 15 minutes, I doubt it. Like, and it's probably few and far between. So that's a really, really good point. It, 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 and also an, an advantage of waiting until the latter part of your week in order to make sure you're using your pickups uh, efficiently to go after specific categories that you are competing in instead of just wasting them all at the beginning of the week. Uh, but if you have one, and if you're like already winning and you have one left over, you can stream PJ Tucker Sunday, Monday, pick him up in week two and get a game out of them in week three, already starting ahead of the other team that you're playing with in week three. I think that's a great, that's always a great thing to look forward to when you're rounding answer, out your week. To answer your question on Mobamba, he played 46 games last year. Um, he did not have a block in 11 of those. And and it was only two games where he played 15 minutes or more that he did not have a block. There you go. Um, I know my Mo Bamba, just... son. Exactly. He's he's almost a guaranteed block, especially if well, he can play 15 here's, minutes. Here's the thing about those block guys, too. Like, if you just want blocks, you'd almost rather Bamba play his 20 minutes because what's he going to do in those 20 minutes? He ain't going to care if he fouls, right? He's going to be chasing some blocks. Um, so you got to think about it that way too, with shot blockers, like playing limited minutes can, can help a shot blocker. Cause it frees them up to just go, I'm going to try to block this. I'm going to try to block this. I'm going to try to block this. Right. You pick up three fouls. What difference does that make? If you're playing 15 minutes, use those fouls, use those fouls up. And that's actually why we see, uh, players like, uh, well, we haven't gotten a lot of Mitchell Robinson this season yet, but why, you know, we've kind of predicted the more minutes Triple J gets, the more minutes John Collins gets, the more minutes uh, Mitch Robinson gets, the less blocks they're going to have because they're going to have to dedicate themselves to not fouling out if they're going to play 30 minutes a game. So those those block numbers don't often, and, and, and in fact almost never, translate directly per minute with uh, when they're, when those players are playing like 15, 20 minutes a game. It's like, oh my God, like four four blocks in like 20 three minutes a game this guy's going to be getting 10 blocks during the game and it's like well no probably not yeah, it's because you just don't have that many fouls you know what i mean like 
when you block shots, you in, inevitably foul. And, you know, some of them are just bang, bang plays, right? They're just so close. Did you get them on the body? Did you get them on the arm? And you know what I mean? Like it's plus they're the best shooters in the world at the rim, right? Like they're going to do crafty stuff that gets you to make contact. Really? Um, I think that's it for our weekly primer. You can go find that on hashtag basketball.com. But we're also going to be coming with uh, our first waiver wire. We're going to be looking at those waivers. We're going to see who uh, is kind of a hot deal, who should be owned in more leagues, who maybe should not be rostered still. Um, That's always my favorite podcast of the week. And then we will start looking at uh, players that maybe their values are lower, but values are high. Maybe you can buy low, sell high on some of those players as well. Uh, those are the shows coming up this week. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. Find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you're listening to this, whatever format, whatever uh, piece of software you're listening to this podcast on. Rate review us or go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes to help support the show and get these episodes early, earlier than the regular listeners by being an exclusive Patreon member at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. That is it for the week two primer, and we will see you very, very soon. Have a great night, everybody.